Our world is broken, people are pretty messed up, and let's be honest, sometimes it feels like God is an abusive boyfriend who says I love you, but doesn't appear to be so loving. This podcast exists to remind you who you and your creator truly are, even amidst crisis, and offers stories of hope from people who have faced the unthinkable, yet continue to choose Jesus. Not because it's easy, but because they know that although life can feel excruciatingly complicated, there's holy simplicity found in Jesus. Hey, Madison. Welcome to the show. Hey, Allie. I'm so excited to be with you. I know. It's so good to hear that. I always feel like welcoming people on this show is a little bittersweet. (laughs) So it's always good to hear that someone is excited to come. And I am excited as well as always for you to share your story. Would you share with our listeners today just a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, my name is Madison and um, I live in kind of a small um, northwest Georgia town called Calhoun, um, and I actually um, teach high school math and coach the majorettes at the high school that I went to, so that's super fun, um, and I am single. I live by myself um, with my dog, <laughs> and, um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, this is a silly question, but... <laughs> Would you share with us what the majorettes are? Yes. I don't know if this is a Southern thing or what, girlfriend, but I have no idea what the majorettes are. Well, a lot of people don't, but the majorettes are the baton twirlers um, with the band. So it probably is um, a bit of a Southern thing more so than anywhere else. But um, a lot of SEC colleges still have majorettes and some high schools do as well. So we're fortunate to have um, a pretty large line of majorettes right now so that's so fun how did you get in how did you get into that um there's a couple of different coaches in Calhoun and I started taking when I was about five so um okay yeah I used to stand at the fence and watch the high school majorettes and so now I coach them that is so (laughs) sweet oh my goodness and you said that you go to the school that you or you teach at the school that you grew up at yes yes oh that's so fun yeah. Oh my goodness. We were, we used to live in New York where I grew up and mm-hmm. I got to go back and teach at that school just for a little bit. And actually just as a substitute, but it was so sweet. It was yes. a really, really sweet time. I thought that we would live there forever, but the Lord had other plans. So yes. <laughs> and yes. tell us about your dog. What kind of dog do you have? Um, He's a little bit of a mutt. He's from the pound, but oh, he, his name is Dooley. He's named after Vince Dooley, the Georgia football coach. So I went to Georgia. So <laughs> I love it. That's where he got his name. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so you are still living in Georgia. That is so fun. And so we just realized that we're about, did we discover how far Atlanta is from Calhoun yeah so it's really just about an hour so we're pretty close oh my goodness we will have to meet up in person yes yes all of the corona chaos is done with (laughs) and the stem cell transplant (laughs) and all of that maybe like for our new year's or something yes Well, Madison, I only know a little bit about your story from what we have chatted about back and forth on Instagram and just being able to get to know you a little bit before we hit record. But um, so I'm excited, like I said, to hear more about your story and what the Lord has done in your life. But would you share your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
like I said, I went to um, Georgia for college and um, right after I graduated from Georgia, I um, came back home and got married, had a teaching job. Um, everything was just kind of going perfectly, to be quite honest. And um, when I was 26, so it's been um, almost three, four years ago now, but um, I had been married for three and a half years. And um, three days before Christmas, um, I was just, I had been um, wrapping gifts all day and baking a pecan pie and um, packing stuff up to go to um, my husband's mom's house for Christmas. And so I was waiting on him to get home and hadn't been able to get in touch with him. His phone was going straight to voicemail and I'm just a super worrier. So I was like, what is going on? This is so strange. And um, so I was actually beginning to get pretty worried. Um, and I got a phone call from just a random number. And when I answered it, um, he, he had actually been arrested. And so I was very shocked. Um, it was extremely out of character. Um, and so, um, he ended up, I had absolutely no clue what was going on, um, but he had been um, kind of doing some things online that he didn't really need to be doing that I did not know about. And um, he ended up being arrested um, just for some super detrimental decisions that he had made. Mm. Um, oh, girl. Yeah. Looking, I'm so curious. Looking back, do you... Were there ever red flags? Like, do you kick yourself about anything? Um, like saying like, oh, I should have known. Right. Or was it like totally just, I mean, obviously it was totally random right. and shocked to you. It's not like you right. knew this was going right. on, but were there, like looking back, were there any red flags? Um, there really weren't a lot of red flags at all. It was, it was literally, I will say, I think it was a shock to our community. I mean, it was one of those things that like we live in a fairly small town. We know a lot of people that live in our town. And so, um, you know, it was one of those on the front page of the newspaper things. And so, um, I mean, I think like everybody was so shocked and I was very shocked as well. Um, and so, I I mean, I I really, I've thought about where there are red flags so much and there really just weren't any, um, so I don't know if maybe I was just that oblivious to it or, um, I mean, I just, there, there really weren't a lot of signs of it all. I think it was, um, honestly, like a lot of manipulation, um, mm-hmm. and just really trying hard to cover up the sin really. Oh my goodness. Okay. So obviously you were shocked, but what else were you feeling? Like what emotions came up for you? Um, I mean, I often say that it was like everything just like, I kind of just watched the pieces of my life, like fall down around me. Um, like this life that I thought we had together. And so, um, I mean, I was honestly just like heartbroken. Um, I think that that was a lot of it. Um, he was in jail for about three weeks because it was at Christmas and so um, Christmas and New Year's and all that good stuff. And so, um, uh, you know, Christmas was extremely difficult. Um, and, you know, I was just, I don't know. I just, it, it was crazy. Um, it was really crazy. I, I think I just kind of felt like I was living in the twilight zone almost. Um, yeah. And so, 
you know, I was heartbroken, but also wanted to give him so much grace um, and try to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of my feelings too were just like denial at first and there's no way this can be true. And um, unfortunately, like it was all completely true. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really, really difficult. Um, It was just crazy and a lot of anxiety um, that I had just never felt before. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's definitely still like a daily struggle in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Was that something that was, so you said that was something that you'd never felt before. Was it like you'd never felt that extent of anxiety? Right. Yeah. Like I've kind of always been like um, this girl who wanted perfect grades and (laughs) <laughs> yeah, kind of, okay. you know, stressed about things and um, worried and all of that. But just the anxiety of like being left alone, not knowing what's going to happen. Like I had kind of always had a plan. And so, right. you know, just seeing all of that just crash around me. Um, I don't know if you've read the Lisa Turkhurst book. Um, it's not supposed to be this way. Oh, girl. Uh, yes. <laughs> so good. So, so good. good. But she describes it as dust. Um, yes. and God loves to do things with dust, but, um, yes. that's literally what I pictured over and over in my mind, um, was just yeah. all these small little pieces that were just broken. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Because you, and so you mentioned that you wanted to get back with him or like have compassion or like give him the benefit right. of the doubt. Right. So how did you reconcile that in your head because as believers yeah kind of like what you mentioned like we're supposed to have compassion and believe the best in people and be gracious but then there's definitely an aspect and characteristic of the lord that is just right and righteous and so how did you reconcile that in your head and i'm sure probably maybe even still reconciling yes. in your head. yes it was really difficult and um, that was probably one of the most difficult parts to work through um, because I knew at the end of the day, I only had to answer for how I treated him. And so Mm -hmm. that was like a really big thing for me. Um, And the crazy part is like I, and it was totally the Lord. It was not me because I can have a temper. Um, My mom (laughs) and my aunt and some others could probably attest to that. Um, But (laughs) Um, I literally never got, um, super angry with him. I never yelled that I remember, um, it, you know, I think I was just heartbroken and, um, I just, I, I, I guess I just wanted to be, I didn't want him to have anything bad to say about me. Like I wanted at the end of the day, him to say like, she treated me with grace and, you know, showed me, I, you know, just showed him Christ's love. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it was, I say often it was like a miracle that I never, I really hit my angry stage after we had already stopped speaking. And so, um, mm. but yeah, and even um, filing for divorce was really difficult. Um, yeah. We have just incredible family friends that um, were my legal counsel during all of that. And um, I think he probably just prayed for the right things to say to me to, <laughs> helped me realize that that was what I needed to do at the time. Um, Mm. But that was really difficult too. And I think one way I worked through that was just 
seeking wise counsel as well. And just um, my, my lawyer was extra, you know, just a strong Christian man who I respect and um, mm. just talking to, you know, wise friends and counsel, you know, to kind of, re- you know, justify and reconcile that in my head. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned that um, actually before we were recording that um, he just wasn't super repentant. Was Mm -hmm. that like key in your decision? Like I'm and I'm asking because I know that there are other women who are going to hear this and or maybe even other men Mm -hmm. who are going to hear this story and just wonder what is the line or what you know, what justifies a separation Mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. Um, So can you share a bit about what your conversations looked like with him or what that process looked like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I really, really struggled with the whole um, divorce thing. And so I actually um, ended up meeting with, and it was, it was several months after um, all of, you know, all of this happened. I met with, um, a friend of my aunt and uncle's who is a pastor, um, who I just greatly respect and have been around in the past. Um, and so I met with him because I was just really struggling with a lot of things. And so he, um, he, brought up the fact that before he had come over, he said, Madison, I have looked up everything in my Bible about sexual sin and divorce. And he's met every, he's, you know, met every characteristic of it. Like you are in the clear with God. And I just, I, I said over and over, I just wish I could sit down with Jesus and him tell me that I was okay. You know, that what I, the choices I've made are, are right, you know, in his eyes. Yeah. And so I think by um, him telling me that, you know, um, it really made it made me feel like, OK, like I've made the right godly decisions. You know, mm-hmm. um, it was really just at a point. I mean, I think when it gets to this um, legal point, um, it, when it gets to a legal point, um, you know, there are things that need to happen. And you just sometimes you just can't stay in a relationship. Um, And forgiveness can happen, but sometimes reconciliation doesn't have to, to come with that. Mm, Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's so good. That's so helpful. Even for me. um, That's, that's really helpful, Um, especially because I've never experienced anything like that. Um, And hopefully never will. Right. Yes. (laughs) It's just so so helpful for me. And I'm just so grateful to be able to have this conversation with you because like I said, it's not something that I've experienced, but that doesn't mean that I don't know other women that um, are going through this or who, who, you know, in the future, God forbid, of course, may go through this. So it's just so helpful to hear. Thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. so transparently. So I want to hear about now and how you are working through this. Like, how do you, I mean, how do you even trust someone again mm-hmm. or trust yourself and your decision-making, yeah. you know? Yes. Skills? Yes. That's very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I really just think, you know, I'm in a really good place and the really good place I'm in is just because of the Lord, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. And also just the people in my life, which is also the Lord, you know, my, my family, 
has been absolutely great. And I was actually able to move in with my aunt and uncle um, and lived with Mm -hmm. them for about two years. They had a full basement that I moved into. And so, you know, I think, um, I think just talking through things, like I talked a lot with my mom and with my aunt and um, I went to counseling for a while and um, just having those trusted advisors to talk through and, you know, talk through things with and kind of know that you're not crazy um, (laughs) for the way that you're feeling. Um, I have a really good friend who um, she had not really a similar situation, but um, kind of a similar situation with her husband and man, she was, we were just acquaintances before, but I called her um, 24 hours afterwards basically and was like, I think we need to talk and, Um, Mm -hmm. she just gave me like such wisdom, um, you know, to, to let me know that I'm not alone and I'm not crazy. And, you know, I, I will work through this. And so it's really, it's just been a process, you know, of, I mean, kind of constantly working through things. And I think another thing that, um, I learned from Lisa Turkhurst is that forgiveness is a process and I'll be forgiving things forever because Mm -hmm. of what he did, you know, the choices that he made. Um, I suffered a lot of consequences because of someone else's sin and someone else's choices. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have to forgive that over and over and over. So when I am struggling to trust somebody in a relationship, you know, I have to forgive him for kind of causing me to feel that way by his actions. And, you know, when I'm super anxious, like I was super anxious about this podcast. And I yeah, not would have been right. like that. Um, you know, yeah. I, that's just something else I have to forgive. And even just the dating um, situation, mm. like dating is really like not super fun sometimes. Yeah, I can and imagine. So I just have, I'm like, I wouldn't even be in this situation if you hadn't made these choices. So I, you know, it's just a continual process of forgiving. So, yeah. So I don't know if you can even answer this question, but have there been like tangible things or maybe tangible isn't the right word. Have there been things that you have done to really help you in the process of forgiving? Um, like besides talking to yeah, other people. Yeah. Um, um, I actually found today where I wrote him a letter um, so he's mm-hmm. actually serving prison time um, currently. And so the night before he was sentenced, and I, I kind of didn't touch on this earlier, but as far as him not being very repentant, um, he tried to blame like some of what happened on me. Um, oh my and gosh. I was by far not a perfect wife at all, as none of us are. Um, right. But I <laughs> certainly didn't play a part in the decisions that he made that I was completely unaware of. So, um, you know, I, I felt like because he was so, um, not repentive, like I was never going to get some of the closure that, um, I kind of hoped for or whatever. So I kind of felt like some of the only closure I was going to get was when he was sentenced. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I actually found today, um, a letter that I had typed up to him and I read through it. Um, just, it was, I had written it the night before his sentencing. And so, um, you know, I think that was a big part in, um, my forgiveness 
I, I had written in that letter, like, no matter what happens tomorrow, like, I'm going to lay it at the cross and I'm going to close the mm-hmm. door on it and I'm going to have closure. Like, I'm going to walk away and be okay. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that helped a lot. Um, so I think, you know, even when you can't have that conversation with someone that you need to forgive, um, you know, just creating those ways for you to do that. If it is writing a letter or um, talking it out and recording it or whatever, you know, sometimes you just need to get all that out. And at different points too, you know, that had been almost a year and a half after everything happened. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I had, I mean, it was that far along in the process. So I think yeah. just creating those different ways, even if you can't have those conversations is really important. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I, I love that you brought up that people have been so influential yes. and helpful for you. Yes. Um, every single podcast to date that I have recorded, um, when I ask people, like, what was the most helpful mm-hmm. or what are some tangible things that you can share with others um, that would be helpful? People every single mm-hmm. time always bring up people yes. like the people that I'm interviewing always bring up how other people have influenced them. And I just love that so much because you can just see how the Lord has used people and even the body of Christ mm-hmm. to bring healing and freedom and you know, ironically for me, something that I learned when I got married was that (laughs) I'm a verbal processor and, you know, talking to my husband a lot of times helps me really understand what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or why I'm, you know, feeling a certain emotion. And so I love that you said that you had those people there to help you be a verbal, you know, just kind of like a soundboard and, and really process through that. And, And also the letter thing is so good. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are just, I really can't stress it enough. Um, I just have an incredible small group that I started going to literally while he was still in jail. Um, Mm -hmm. That um, my, my small group leader I had known forever. And she was like, you've got to go ahead and come. And literally I walked in her house that first night and started bawling my eyes out and she had to take me to her bedroom (laughs) immediately. Like, and so they, um, they've just been incredible. And my four best friends from college have been incredible. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I can't say enough about the people around me and my family and my people at work and just, um, really just my community as a whole has just really been incredible. And, you know, there are times, there were times that I just wanted to be closed up in my house in the dark of my bedroom and, um, actually was in the middle of rereading Harry Potter when it all happened and Harry Potter got me through a lot of it. <laughs> so, I mean, He's such a good guy. Yes. So there were times when, you know, that was all I wanted was to be in the dark of my bedroom with Harry Potter and reading and, mm-hmm. you know, yes. nothing else, but you yes, know. with a good man. Yes. <laughs> and so I, but you know, I, you can't just run away from people, you know, you've got to lean on those around yeah. you that they, you know, people want to be there and support you and um, people want to use their stories to help you, you know, and that's what yes. I hope to do now. And I've gotten to do that a few times um, with mm-hmm. several people. And, you know, that was something I said at the beginning too, like I actually wrote a blog for about a year after everything happened, but I never shared the story on my blog. And so mm-hmm. Um, I just shared kind of what the Lord was teaching me. And so, but I, I mean, that's one thing I've said from the beginning, like, I don't want the devil to get any more 
glory from this than he already has. Like he's already taken a lot. Like he took what was going to be our family raised in a Christian home and, you know, all of Mm -hmm. that. And so I'm not, I'm not going to let him have any of my story. Like, yes, I'm going to make sure God gets the glory from my story. And, you know, so yeah. Yes. I love that. Okay. Well, on that note, would you tell us some of the ways that the Lord has just redeemed this? Like what are some really, I don't want to, I, I hesitate to use the word positive a lot because I feel like it's such a fluffy word, yeah. but like what are some like positive things that like are clearly from the Lord that have come out of this? Yeah. Um. So one thing is just that I think when you, literally walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, that's where I felt like I was Mm -hmm. sometimes there were days that I just thought it was going to overwhelm me. Like I thought I'm going to go to sleep and not wake up because it's just going to overtake me, you know, like it was so heavy. And so, but I think when you've like walked through those times and you've chosen to lean on the Lord and believe that he's good no matter what. And he's sovereign no matter what, like you just learn things about the Lord that you wouldn't have otherwise. Mm, And so, you know, I was reading something today. I I had looked back through my blog posts too, just to kind of refresh my memory before I talked to you. But something I read was um, our Bible study, our small group was studying Daniel. And it talks about how when Daniel comes out of the fiery furnace, like he doesn't even smell like smoke, which is crazy. And so I thought, you know, I I think I've come out of this, like not even smelling like smoke, like, you know, I've leaned on the Lord and I think I've become better and more joyful through it. And just learned that like, your circumstances cannot define your joy. Like your joy has to come from the Lord. It's got to be something deeper than what happens here on this earth. I know I just keep saying the people, but that was just another like incredible thing that God's done through all of this. Um, Just the people that are in my life now that probably wouldn't be um, just if all of this hadn't happened the way that it had. Um, So yeah, I think just an appreciation for the people around you is, um, you know, one really positive thing that's come out of all of it. So yes, I love that. And I love the first thing that you said just about growing closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. because that is something that he kind of has just like gently knocked me in the head with these past mm-hmm. couple of months because I, he gave me this amazing revelation, honestly, if I can call it that, where I was just really struggling before the stem cell transplant and just trying to get my mind right. We were trying to make decisions and right. like, like you were trying to figure out what was mm-hmm. best and just really wrestling. Um, and I found myself just searching for answers and also at a place where I was trying to serve other people and record podcasts and write blogs with all of this great, you know, um, encouragement and truth and stories that the Lord was providing through this season. And I was just stuck. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I realized that it was because I was just searching for answers and, you know, reasons like, why is this happening to me? And, um, you know, what do you want me to do with this Lord and on and on. And he just kind of hit me over the head with, there is nothing sweeter than my presence. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're saying when you're, when you're saying that, you know, the sweetest thing was just getting to know the Lord deeper because there's truly like, 
answers are good and encouraging other people are is good, but there's just nothing sweeter than the presence of the Lord. So I love that you said that. Like literally nothing in the yeah. world sweeter than Jesus's presence with yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Especially during a hard season. Yes. Love that. Yes. And like the fact that he's, as much as I kind of choose joy became my motto and like, I can wake up every day and choose to be joyful, even though my circumstances are not great. Like it it was also kind of a, it's okay not to be okay kind of thing too. Like, yes, I still have really hard days and the Lord can deal with that. Like he is with me when I'm not okay. And he's also with me when I'm joyful and, you know, he can deal with both. Um, so yeah, I love that. So if I may ask, where do you see yourself down the road? Like, do you think that you'll get to a place where you can be married or like again, or are you just not interested anymore? Well, I definitely, it's something I desire and, um, it's definitely kind of a struggle. Like, um, pretty much all of my friends are married, um, Mm. and having babies. And so, you know, um, I've probably been invited to 15 or 16 weddings since my divorce happened. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I hope that, um, I hope that that is in my future and I think it will be, um, I actually have been in a relationship since um, my divorce and um, unfortunately, like it didn't work out um, and like, that's okay. Um, mm. I read something yesterday. It said like, there's no expiration on God's plans for your life. And so, you know, it, I think the Lord's just teaching me a lot about the fact that I can Um, When I was married, I definitely had a plan. We had like a three-year plan and a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. (laughs) And all of a sudden there were no plans. And so, you know, that's kind of where I am. Like, I'm just, you know, trying to be content with where the Lord has me. And Mm. um, our pastor actually preached on like two weeks ago. He started the um, message with, what if it um, doesn't work? And I was like, yeah, what if it doesn't work? Like, you know, and so I thought my marriage was going to work and it didn't. And um, I thought this relationship was going to work and it didn't. And I thought my life was going to look this way at 28 and it doesn't. And so, you know, I think, um, you know, just being content in the Lord, regardless of your circumstances, is just really important. And so, um, but yeah, I I do hope it's in my future. It's something I definitely... um, want and you know pray for and um it's definitely something I'm comfortable with but it it did take me um some time to get to that point for sure yeah so what would you say to someone who is listening right now and their plans have been completely shattered whether it was their marriage or maybe they just got some kind of diagnosis or whatever their their life is crumbling before them and Mm -hmm. they're just feeling hopeless what would you say to that person since you are about three and a half year it's been almost three years three years three years out yeah yeah um I would just say, wake up every day and choose Jesus. Um, it's a constant choice. Um, and, you know, there are days where it's easier than others. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that may sound, you know, silly or corny or whatever. But I mean, when you wake up in the morning, like the mornings are not always fun. And I actually got my Bible out while I go because I was thinking, you know, what were some of the verses that I really leaned on? But um, Mm. a friend sent me one night, Psalm 46, at like one in the morning. Mm. And I woke up a few hours later and couldn't sleep. And I read it over and over and over. And um, so Psalm 46, five says, God is within her. She will not fall. But the second part of that verse is God will help her at the break of day. And I had never noticed mm-hmm. that before. And so the mornings were really difficult, but that just helped me to realize like, you know, she, just waking up and choosing Jesus is so important yeah. and just surrounding yourself with people who will help you make that choice, you know, and, um, encourage you and listen to you when you cry and, um, Yes. You know, just so find that community, don't run from it. And um, just, you know, lean on the Lord, even when it's really difficult to do that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's exactly what my answer would be. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, Madison, is there anything that you haven't shared that you really have on your heart to share? Um, I think something too, that like, I just want to encourage others others with is um, a quote that I found pretty soon after everything happened was share the story of the mountain you've climbed. It could be a page in somebody's survival guide one day. Mm. And so I felt like one of my friends did that for me so well and just really, you know, um, shared with me what had happened from her story and just shared with me the goodness of the Lord and, um, that everything was going to be okay and just how to combat some of it. So I think, you know, no matter how hard your story is or even how not hard you think your story is, you know, your story may not be as dramatic as mine. I say sometimes mine is like a lifetime movie. You know, I hope you don't have a <laughs> lifetime maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just, you know, be willing to like be vulnerable with people and share Um, because I think at the end of the day, as long as God gets the glory, um, you know, you can't really go wrong in that. Yes. Um, so I think just use whatever your story is to encourage others, um, and don't be ashamed of it. Um, so yeah, yeah. that is so good. And speaking of which you are very active on Instagram. Um, (laughs) I would love for you to just share where our listeners can find you because I know that you have said you have written a blog and again, on Instagram and you are a page in somebody's survival guide. And I would love for people to know people who have really resonated with what you are saying and your story, where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my Instagram is at Madison Y Bunch. My middle initial is a Y. We won't um, go into what it stands for, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's at Madison Y Bunch, and my um, my blog link is actually at the top of it. And I have I only wrote it for about a year, but it still just um, has so much of like what the Lord taught me in that year and. Um, I actually thought this week, like, I, I could probably write some more of those. <laughs> yes, girlfriend. <laughs> so who knows? Yes. But yeah, I would, you know, I'm always up for talking to anyone that, um, you know, could use, um, you know, someone to talk to. I actually talked to a girl who, my discipler in college, 
um, knew a girl who went through an extremely similar situation, like almost the exact same situation that I had. And I felt like no one had really gone through my situation um, mm-hmm. just because of some of the facets of it. Yeah. Um, but this girl, I've literally never met her. I couldn't even tell you her name now. But we talked on the phone for like three hours one day. Um, and so just those connections, I think are really important. Yes. And I find them to be so healing too, because you realize that your story has not gone to waste, that the pain has, you know, not been wasted, but it is actually useful to someone else. Yeah, definitely. Cause God can only bring good from things. So yes, yes, girlfriend. Yes. Preach it. (laughs) Well, Madison, thank you so much for sharing your story today and being with us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I cannot even tell you how much it encourages me when I get messages from you all about how much you love this podcast. It is so delightful to open Instagram or Facebook or my text messages and hear how a podcast has encouraged you. So would you do me a favor? Would you take a few seconds right now and go ahead and rate this podcast? And if you have even 30 extra seconds, would you leave a review? This allows other people around the world to find the podcast who are in need of some hope and encouragement. So take a few seconds, go ahead, rate our podcast, leave a review so that other people can find this and get the same encouragement and inspiration that you've gained from this podcast. Hey, thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift.